is in. It's Hey, welcome to Cannon Fodder and all things Arsenal podcast. I'm Tim. I'm Fred. Alrighty, we're gonna talk about um, what, for the majority of Arsenal viewers and listeners, experienced as a pretty dull game, yeah. a nil-nil draw against Crystal Palace. Yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, there were some little bright flashes here and there, little things we'll get to talk about, but. For the most part, not a great game to watch. Um, definitely brought up some of our inconsistencies, some of our frailties, maybe even a little bit of uh, depth, uh, depth that we don't uh, that we depth that we don't lack is the opposite of what I want to say. Depth that we do lack, <laughs> we do lack, um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, in certain positions. So let's just, I'll just get right into it with the lineup. Um, yeah, it wasn't too surprising. You know, what do you think about it? You know, I was. You know, as far as the front three goes, seemed, you know, pretty standard to me. You know, I didn't, I yeah. didn't think Martinelli would play. I thought he'd be on the bench, but I, I didn't think he would play yeah. with that little ankle thing. Both of us were kind of like, well, why is Louise in and not Mari? Yeah. You know, turns out he had a little muscle yeah. strain. So, yeah, that's the main sense. thing I was thinking that and tyranny. And when we started the game, honestly, the first 15, 20 minutes, of the first half, it was you know I feel like we were moving the ball around really quick. Ceballos was you know I thought he was doing pretty well in midfield. You know being clever, kind of getting around people, trying to play the ball forward. Yeah, um, yeah You know for the most part, we kind of had them. You know we had Chris Ballas kind of push back. I mean we we had a couple straight passes here and there, but at, for me, I was nervous going into this game. Um, just because it just felt like one of those games that we could lose. Um, and yeah. I had a, I kind of had a bad feeling about this game when, you know, in that, in that, um, trying to think when it was, it was in the, it was in the first, that first half. And I mm-hmm. can't remember who plays the ball over the top, but, you know, it's kind of like these couple passes, someone plays the ball over the top. Maitland Niles runs onto it, you know, just totally burns, uh, that defender back there, was it Ward? On Joel that side? Ward, I think. Yeah, I think Joel so. Joel Ward. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you got Alba and Laka running into the box. You got Smith mm-hmm. Rowe behind him, and he puts a left foot across in and blasts it a thousand feet into the stands. And I just had a bad feeling. I was like, oh, man, like, it's going to be one of those nights. Yeah, it's going to be one of those nights where, I mean, just especially in this case, and I think everyone's pretty much acknowledged this after this game, and maybe even when it was announced, but Kieran Tierney being out was just a huge deal. Um, He's added so much to um, our game as an attacking force since we've switched to a back four, and he's had more license to get forward. Um, And his, his delivery, he's just a, such a consistently good crosser of the ball and passer of the ball. He doesn't lose it in his own um, defensive half, but especially in, a, in an attacking sense, his crossing is really accurate, um, at, usually at a good pace. And he, he can also keep his head up and spot a cutback, um, you know, if he's got the space to. Um, so, yeah, that, that moment right there in particular was, it kind of summed up a lot of our struggles during the, the entire game. Um, that was like kind of the first sign of it was, uh, 
that that left hand side in general not having um Tierney and Abemiang also being a right footer um two right footers on that left side it just it, it didn't feel very balanced um so like you said like despite the fact that we started that first half well and I, I would say even started the second half well um I think the most frustrating thing about that is the fact that despite having a good start to both halves um we quickly kind of fell back into some old tropes um just a little bit you know I don't think that you can really point the finger massively at any one player. No one had like an absolute shocker of a game, but you, I kind of felt like players, even Ceballos, even Shaka, maybe Bellerin at times, most players kind of taking a, an extra touch or two on the ball and kind of slowing the play down. Um, yeah, Luis in particular so, was so yeah. bad. I mean, I, could, I think you could look at Ceballos a little bit or Shaka a little bit in the game, but I yeah. feel like Ceballos kind of made up for it by kind of – you know, the way he played in midfield as in the second half, it wasn't great for us. I think he did hold it up a little bit. But in the first half, Ceballos was trying to be patient and using his dribbling to kind of push forward into midfield, yeah. you know, further up the pitch and, and try to play around. Um, it didn't work out because Palace were just too organized. You know, Hodgson, you know, he's not a chump of a coach. You know, he's got not that team all. really organized and it was difficult for us, but the big one for me is Luis, man. He just was playing so yeah. slow. He was taking so yeah. much time on the ball. And it, it's just there were so many aggravating things. Well, and his passing is really good. He's like, I mean, he put some, he sprayed some good balls around the pitch. We, everybody yeah. knows that he's good at that. But yeah, when but I saw when, him play, yeah. dude, I mean, because it's like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to go on about it. But it's like, you know, look at the last few weeks with, yeah. Pablo Mari being in the side. I was just going to bring know, this up. He, yep. he can't, he doesn't pass the ball quite as good as uh, Louise, but he plays the ball faster. He doesn't hold on yeah. to it as much. You know, he's not, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he, yeah, he's, and he's, he's also, to, he's not afraid to take the ball and step up into midfield just to yeah. get our tempo, just to keep that field compressed a little bit. And I felt like in this game, if Palace had the odd counter attack, because we did control possession for the most part. Um, Louise's lack of urgency and just like his slow pace of pass um, between the center backs and out to his full backs and just that kind of kind of slow meandering runs he'd go on and he just kind of zapped the pace out of the game. It let Palace get back into their shape, you know, so we'd yeah. win the ball back and have a chance to maybe kind of spring somewhat of a counter, even though they kind of sat deep for most of the game and just kind of let Eze and Zaha and Benteke um, kind of be their outballs. Um, whenever they got the ball, you know, they don't have very technically good players outside of those three. Um, I'd say, you know, their midfielders aren't anything special, but the, they'll just lump the ball long and let them run after it and let Benteke get some knockdowns and hold the ball up. So the fact that whenever we won the ball back, they were allowed to just get back into their shape when they finally did get forward and attack us, it, it just meant we didn't yeah, pose them much of a threat at the end of the day. Yeah, it was just and, so much harder yeah. for us, yeah. Because it's yeah, like... So that's, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, it's like you look at how well we've played in the last few weeks, you know, against Newcastle, against West Brom. West Brom um, especially. And yeah. West Brom especially, but even against Brighton, you know, like we were able to play that kind of fast, you know, kind of tight passing around the 18-yard box and create some chances. Um, you know, we were able to get down on the left-hand side and put some crosses in. Same thing on the right-hand side. You know, we were able mm. to create space 
and move the ball around and open up these teams we're playing against. But I feel like it, whether it was just the personnel or whether it was just, you know, we're playing against a better side that's really well drilled. I mean, the midfield yeah. was clogged up. I mean, you could see when they were out of possession, you know, they would have, you know, five players, you know, they have, you know, five defenders back sometimes the, with a deep block, you know, mm-hmm. in front of the defense. It was, they just clogged it up. It was so hard for us to kind of play around and kind of get into any decent positions to score. And it was because of that, because we had these players holding the ball, letting them get back. You know, we couldn't break, we couldn't do a lot. And so it was really frustrating as the first half grew on that we just couldn't really create any clear cut chances. Um, You know, Aubameyang had a decent shot where he cut in, but it wasn't a lot going for us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah, we were basically right at him. And then we're going to the second half you know, Lacazette had a pretty, a relatively early chance, like a pretty decent chance in like 55th minute or so where he put the ball into the side netting. Like we, we were popping the ball around and moving it and then for yeah, whatever but they reason. That, but they called that offside, remember? That's true. Yeah, no, it was offside. But I'm just saying like the chances yeah. we were kind of, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the pace of pass, like the impetus to get forward seemed a little bit higher. Like maybe they got a good talk into at halftime, but it just kind of, for me, uh, one of the big takeaways from this game and then specifically for like the start of the second half and then after that, the way the second half kind of played out was it It was just kind of some, it was a big reminder of some very familiar failures that Arsenal have kind of suffered yeah. in the past four, five seasons since we've been out of the uh, um, Champions League. And that's just players um, taking too many touches and being too slow. Um to make decisions, being really indecisive, you know, as well as Granite Shaka came on against Newcastle and played, and as well as he's kind of played in general. And I don't want to dig him out too much because he had some absolutely borderline miraculous yeah. defensive contributions in this game. <laughs> um, you know, like uh, him and him and Zaha were going at it, and that's not an easy job for anybody, uh, especially given that Wilfred Zaha will will go down if you look at him wrong. Um, and he's yeah, always looking for a foul, um, but. You know, Shaka would just take that extra touch, um, and he just he looks so much better when he is decisive and when he passes the ball forward at a good pace with less touches. But as soon as you see him kind of like take those extra two, three touches, I don't know why he does it, but he does do it, and it's just a sign that Granite Shaka is not the worst player in the world. He's not a horrible player. He's not awful. He's not as bad as maybe some Arsenal fans would have you believe, and maybe as bad as I've said he is in the past. Just when I've been particularly frustrated, I guess, with him, but he's not as good as we need him to be. He's not as good as we need that position to be. And I'd say the same with Danny Ceballos, maybe more with him, not through a lack of trying, maybe more through a lack of athleticism because he is pretty shockingly slow. Um, He's got good technique, good pace of pass, good this, this and that, but uh, he can't really skip around players too much. And that just kind of poses a problem. So I just feel like we saw some pretty familiar failings in this game. Um, People dawdling on the ball, and that really slowing our creativity down. And just when you look at this game in, in contrast to how we've been playing the previous four and how quickly we are moving the ball and kind of those particular players like Tierney, like Pablo Marie that influenced that, it just kind of reminds you that like we do need to move on from David Luiz this summer and we will. We do need to move on from Granite Shaka and I hope we do. Danny Ceballos doesn't have a future and that's probably a good thing. So we need to just kind of We've seen the light, so to speak, with some of our young players coming through and so, and some and a few players really contributing. Um, so we know what we need, but just personnel wise, I don't think we're just one hundred percent there yet to where we can yeah. 
expect to win every single game or like have a decent shot at it. You know, we're going to have games like this where it just kind of doesn't quite come off for us. Yeah, I was actually a little interested that Gabrielle didn't play instead of Louise. Um, That's what I was going to, I, I forgot. I was going to mention that when we were talking about lineups. Um, yeah, I was, thought he would come back. That was a weird, yeah, that was a weird one for me. So I'm not 100% sure um, about that one. But yeah, I don't know. Altogether, all it was just one of those games where it just, yeah, it just didn't, it didn't happen for us in the way it has been happening. You know, even the, you know, even for me, Smith Rowe didn't really get as involved as we'd seen him. No, um, yeah, he was kind of cut off a bit. Yeah, it seemed. Yeah, you know, and I think part of that, a lot of that, has to do with us just not moving the ball around the right way. I mean, they really yeah. clogged us up, and and honestly, I think for us too, especially in midfield, our pressing was actually pretty good. We forced a lot of turnovers. We did defend well. There's definitely positives to take from this game, but. Yeah. Overall, I feel like the you're right. The balance wasn't there. The, that game was there for us to win. I think if we would have yeah. just had a little bit of extra guile, just somebody to take a little impetus. And one thing that you said that I really agree with is like the last four or five seasons, we just have not been ruthless. You know, there's mm. there's this thing, you know, when I was playing like uh, in in club teams growing up and when I played in college there's this idea that our coaches would always drill into your head of being ruthless is punishing the other teams is that you know you just the reason you do so many drills and and the reason you do all these basics over and over and over again is so that when you get in certain situations on the field you don't have to take the extra touches you don't have to you know you you're expected to be in the right position at the right time to be able to do the movements you you need to do and obviously that changes when you get into a scenario when you're playing with you know against a team that's forcing you to not do that you know what i mean yeah. but yeah yeah it's interesting to me like just some of the players that we've had and the way they kind of prevent us from punishing other teams you know like yes. when louise is taking it. those touches and he's not, and he's playing at his pace, and he's not playing at the pace of the game. When you have players like Jaka, who obviously got a lot of drive and a lot of passion, and for the most part they do an okay job. Sometimes they do great, but sometimes they do really bad. And you have players that like Sabios, who you know has all the technical qualities in the world, but just doesn't have that killer instinct. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or the just, just the pace, the pace to punish people. I think that's his main problem. Yeah. You know, mentality wise and technique wise he's there but it it, he can only move his feet so fast and unfortunately in the premier league it's not quite cutting the mustard yeah all the time but it's like there's this long list of players that you can go down and just think like you can and look at all of them and just be like they're you know we're not gonna get anything with the we can upgrade we this. We can upgrade them. We can upgrade that person. Like you can or, go through well, the thing squad the, and think yeah, that about but part of it at yeah, well, part of it to me isn't even necessarily just an upgrade. It's just the mentality, you know, like, yeah, because even think about like not Nacho Monreal, you know, before he left, he wasn't like the best left back we've ever had. Tierney's no. better than him. Yeah, technically. But yeah. He, he was really consistent, but he, he like really wanted to win games. He really tried really hard. You could see like when he's, if he scored a goal or if he got an assist or he, just put a shift in and like did a tackle. It meant something to him, you know? Yeah. 
he had a lot of drive and he had a lot of determination to try to get something done. Yeah. You know, yeah. but Ozil, Ozil never really showed that, you know, I'm not going to say he didn't have it, but it's even thinking about players like Francis Coquelin, or yeah. you think about Terrera, if you think about even Guendouzi, you know, like we have these players that we've bought that just don't necessarily have the right mentality. And yep. we don't always need to have like the best players to achieve something. You got to have players with the right mentality. They're going to work hard too. Cause he, I, I think about, I always think about Liverpool and I think about Gigi Wijnaldum and like when they, yep. when they bought him off of Newcastle, he wasn't lighting the league up. He was good. He was just athletic and he did He's a good raw. job for Newcastle. Yeah, and he still was raw. I mean, he's really good, but they've turned yeah. him into an even better player because he just had the mentality, he had the athleticism, and I feel yeah. like there's a certain part for us that we're in this position where we don't have the money to just go out and buy these really incredible ready-made players. I mean, even for us, like especially in the summer, you know, I see people on Twitter, see people online, like freaking out about like. Oh, like, you know, we got to go buy this, but we got to buy this guy. It's like, these are sales that might be like 50, 60 million, you know, 45 million pounds. I just don't think Arsenal have it. No, you know what I mean? Like not for as many positions as we need to have it for. (laughs) I mean, we, what we need is players like back in the team, like Martinelli. You know, we need somebody who has drive, who has passion, who has this just dogged, you know, directness to the way they play with a lot of energy and a lot of verb you know we need players that are going to bring something like that into this team that really want to achieve something you know tyranny is one of those players to me you know look at Saka, look at smith rowe these are players with a lot of talent and a lot of ability who are really hungry to show that they can do it you know and i even yeah i don't want to you know i don't want to slam them but i look at abomium you know, I look at Aubameyang and I look at the way he's kind of been playing this season. And it's not that I don't think he's like falling off a cliff or he's unhappy, but I just see his attitude sometimes. And I just feel like, I don't know if he wants it like he used to, you know? Yeah. I feel like that hurt. Even yeah. that kind of hurt us in this game when he kind of offers you out wide. That's why I really wanted Martinelli in because he, yeah. he tracks it's, back, he, he runs, he, he gets inside. He just he presses better. Yeah. You know, so there, yeah. I would just, say this, though. I would say this. Yeah. I think Aubameyang had a better game than he's had in a while. I completely agree yeah. with you. And I don't know if you saw the interview that was given before this game. I, it might have even been before the Newcastle game as well. It was recently, maybe like a week ago, or maybe it was this week. Aubameyang was talking about his form this season and how he's basically like, yeah, I know. It was, after, I the, yeah, it was after the Newcastle game. It was after. Okay, but he, he was talking about how how much it took for us to rally at the end of last season and win the FA Cup. And you would maybe not blame him too much. You don't want this to be the case, but you could understand how maybe after that achievement, after such a terrible season to still wind up with a trophy in European football at the end of it, it took you just a Herculean effort from Aubameyang himself. He literally won that trophy for us um, to an extent, you know, Uh, and maybe just the standards can drop a little bit when you don't have that sort of, tangible goal right in front of you and maybe he's just tired and he's also aging and all sorts of other things but I feel like on a positive note about him specifically I feel like he did a couple more kind of typically Abemiang things he had a couple of good runs where he cut in and had one decent shot in that first half he kind of got into a little bit better areas than he has been maybe recently um he's just not quite attacking the ball with the same verve and I think yeah. 
a lot of that um, might improve with a little bit of confidence. And he got that goal against Newcastle, but I think he's really due a goal in the Premier League, an important goal to kind of get him back on track maybe a little bit more. But positive yeah. signs, but but he has been really disappointing. You're right. He has been really disappointing this season as a, and overall as a, as a whole. So far, he's been pretty disappointing. Um, so yeah, it's just it was a it was an odd game. It was a bit of a crash back down to reality, to an extent, um, you know. And it's and that reality is like, yeah, we have players. They're not terrible. They're not as bad as they seemed. They're not as bad as results were suggesting. But they're not elite. They're not where we want them to be. Not all of them. There's there's a spine, a young spine. I'd I'd add in this team um, that. Arteta's building that Arteta is growing that is really positive um both technically and physically yeah. and mentally you know um yeah. and I'm excited about it and and also I, th- I don't think it should go um unnoticed a couple players you've got Bern Leno making a massive save um from I think one of their corners or a, he- a Benteke header or something like that I'm um, in that yeah. game you, that's that's something that goes overlooked but he's consistently a very good goalkeeper and also you had Thomas Party come back in play 15 20 minutes in this game and he is a player while not as young as the the rest of that core squad that we're talking about that's coming through right now with Tierney and Smith Rowe and Saka and Martinelli but he is the right mentality he is the exactly right technique and physical player that the Premier League needs and that we need desperately so it was awesome really awesome to see him come back um and just get some minutes under the belt after his injury so hopefully his return can kind of help us keep the tempo up because he is such an athletic player and such a technically good player um, that he, he can get a, maybe shake things up and get a few things going, maybe get some of our other midfielders performing a bit more consistently. Yeah. I mean, one thing about this game to me that was a positive was when Partey came on. Yeah. You know, he definitely looked a little rusty. You know, he wasn't like, he didn't look like he was full pace. You know, it looked, it looked like it took him a little while to get into the game. Um, but he just looks calm. He looks good. You know, the way he passes the ball, the way he gets it, you know, I'm, I'm excited for him to get back. He wins it back really well too. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I don't really know what else to say about the game. I mean, it was a disappointing draw. Um, unless you're Jonathan Wilson, who says, you know, the best game of football is a no, no draw because it's two equally balanced teams. Yeah, I couldn't disagree with that more because <laughs> it's not always equally just, balanced. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, it's just, I mean, it is what it is. But, you know, for me, yeah. I want to just leave the Crystal Palace game as it is. Fuck it. Yeah. At least we didn't lose. We're getting points. We got to do everything we can to just keep climbing up the table. So hopefully when we play Newcastle on Monday, you know, we'll be able to pick up three points and get a better, a better performance. And honestly, at this point, the performances mean something because you want to see Arsenal move in a direction that we're playing better football. But at the same time, I don't care if we score two own goals and win. We need the three points. So yeah, this, that's what it comes for me. Down. This Newcastle game is a, is important. We got to win, and you know Newcastle are not great right now. So we got to fucking win. Yeah, it it could. Um, I think the game has the prospect. Um, of being another dull one because Newcastle play in a dull way. They do something similar to what Crystal Palace did in this game. And we know this because we just played them. But, you know, they clog up midfield, they clog up the box, and they make it really hard for you to make space and score. Um, so it could potentially be another bit of a dull one. But I think it's a pretty, pretty 
almost definitely it's a must win game. I'd say um, just to kind of keep some momentum going um, as positive. Like you said, to at least get a point out of this one, get a draw, keep a clean sheet. They did have some dangerous chances. Crystal palace did on the counter. Um, but yeah, this Newcastle game will be a very important one because right after that, we've got, we have the FA cup after that, but then in the league, we've got Southampton, Man United, Wolves, Aston Villa. Like we've got some really hard games. Those are all in a row. And then Leeds after that, like very, very hard games to take us like halfway through February. Um, and so just picking up three points on Monday against Newcastle would be huge. Um, so, you know, um, I think it's come out that Kieran Tierney's um, supposed injury was that, you know, we took him out just as a precaution that his injury, his scan came back and it was, um, it was very minimal. So maybe he'll get the chance to play on uh yeah. On Monday against Newcastle, um, Pablo Marie looks like he'll miss a few games, but Thomas Party's back, and that's huge. And Martinelli should be well rested too. Um, so hopefully we can get Tierney back in there, get Party starting, um, get Martinelli back in there if um, Albamian needs a break because he played 120 minutes in that FA Cup round as well. Yeah, but yeah, just like you said though, um, we want to see good performances. But aside from that, we need to see the three points. So more so than the performance, we need the results to start rolling in. Because I think it's still relatively early enough in the season, not quite halfway, to where we can salvage a little bit. We can salvage a little something from it. Um, so yeah, hopefully that'll be the case on Monday against Newcastle. Yeah, dude. Seriously. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. And uh, why don't you hit him with the social medias for I'll hit him with the socials. Um, we are on Instagram at Cannon Fodder Pod. We are on Twitter at Pod Cannon Fodder. My dog is climbing on me right now. I think she wants to be on the podcast, or maybe she's going to pee um, on the couch. Um, yeah, hit us up on social media. Email us at cannonfodderpod at gmail.com, not gspot.com, Tim. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get another pod out. It's, it's kind of nice to be doing this pod after the, uh, the midweek game. We haven't done one of these yet. So, uh, there's a uh, two podcasts for you in the space of a week, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, so hopefully we can, we'll get one out after that Newcastle game and then we'll see just cause these fixtures are going to keep coming thick and fast, but yeah, that's it, man. Alrighty. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye. Latest.